Welcome back, Rev Divers. We are always excited to chat with you, but today we have somebody new for you. Today we are talking to Ray Jimenez. Ray is the Chief Product Officer at AAPC. I'm not even going to explain to you what AAPC is because you should already know. And if you don't, I'm sure Ray's going to talk about it a little bit today. Ray, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, we are super excited to have you on. Oh my gosh. Let me just say, Ray, as a fellow AAPC member, it is an absolute pleasure to have you here. I would love for you to just kind of share a little bit about yourself with our audience. Yes, yeah, please. absolutely. Um, so I've been with AAPC as an employee for 15 years now, and prior to that was an AAPC member, local chapter officer, uh, have a career in coding, auditing, provider education, as well as educating uh, coders and billers from an academic standpoint. So I've had the ability to do a lot of things in the industry that helps me help support our members in their career growth in the massive opportunity that they have in the revenue cycle. Wow. I mean, wow. That's, a, I mean, that's a lot in one sentence. You have done so much. I well, think I've been doing this for 30 years now, so hopefully I've had a little bit of a variety, so. Well, I was going to say, you've been at AAPC, you said, for 15 years. That is the yes. home of a good organization. People don't well, stay somewhere for 15 years if they hate it. Well, I have to say, prior to coming to AAPC, my, my normal career jump would be about five years where you would feel like you were at your max, you achieved what you could, it was no longer challenging. I can say being with AAPC, because we're in an evolving industry, there's always new challenges, always new and exciting things to do. So I've never had to feel like I've, I'm tapped out on challenges. There's always new exciting things to do, so. I tell you what, Healthcare never is boring. No, <laughs> it will not be boring. <laughs> no. So, so speaking of of you know changes, um, we have some coding changes that are coming up in 2023, and we are you know thinking about what we need to do to prepare for those coding changes. And since you are you know at the forefront being involved in these changes i know that you're on the cpt editorial panel can you kind of let us know you know a few major updates that we need to be on the lookout for yeah so as part of my role here at aapc i get to represent um aapc as a coding liaison to the cpt editorial panel um, the changes that have been released that we can talk about so far are the monumental ones for E&M. That's probably the most significant change that's going to affect most professional fee coders. And, you know, there's always that complexity of CPT coding guidelines and then a payer variation associated with those guidelines. So we've had two very big industry updates released very close in sync with each other. And that are that is the CPT E&M guidelines going into effect 2023, as well as the CMS proposed rule and some of the variations that they have associated with those guidelines. Now, both are posted and can be reviewed. So everything that I'm gonna make a quick mention about here today can be reviewed in those documents. But 
one of the biggest changes for us is saying goodbye to 95 and 97 documentation guidelines and having one standard to use going forward, which I think is pretty monumental for our industry. I agree. I think that's huge. Those have been around, well, I don't have to tell you since when because it's right there in the name, but yeah, yeah, that's huge. Exactly. So having one set, you know, 2021, when they were released, the plan was always to go back through and level set and apply that principle across all E&M categories. So that's what's going to be going into effect in 2023. One of the questions that we get, well, you know, when CPT releases a coding guideline, what does that do to some of the regulations that CMS has in place? And I think that's a misconception in our industry. CPT has their rules. Payers are going to have their own variation or interpretation that's published. So one doesn't override the other. We still have to know what's going on from both, both perspectives. One of the biggest questions we've been getting at um, AAPC is in one of the guidelines for E&M services, allowing more than one E&M on the date of an emission, you know, for someone starting in the office visit, seeing the physician there, and then being admitted in that physician doing the admission, according to CPT guidelines, both it can be billed with modifier 25. CMS and the proposed rule says one E&M per data service, which isn't an uncommon policy between payers. So we always like to educate our members that you're looking at all of your guidance, not just one and applying it across the board. And you know, that becomes a challenge because as coders, we wanna make sure that our documentation is accurate and appropriate, right? And it meets those documentation guidelines, but we also wanna make sure that our providers get paid for the service. So right. it's really important for us to understand those guidelines for documentation and the guidelines for reimbursement, whether they overlap or whether they conflict. Right. And that is such an important uh, point to make, because the last thing that you want to do is have physicians documenting to an insurance policy or your coders coding to an insurance policy. If you could handle that on the back end through claim edits and efficiencies in that aspect, you know, when it comes to codes, we are reporting what was done. If there's a variation on how a payer wants to see it, we still, for our own internal tracking purposes, want to capture that information correctly and handle those nuances in a different way. I don't, I don't know if you guys see that in what you do. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that it speaks to so many components in the whole revenue cycle management circle, even because, you know, when Cam and I are talking about it, a, a whole section is dedicated to reviewing the data that we have in our own systems, right? Looking at our KPIs, looking at our productivity and performance. And coding is a significant portion of that because if we're coding to insurance payers, we're not really giving ourselves accurate information to plan off of, right? Yep. And two, utilizing your resources. This is another question that we get a lot is, you know, there's always 
uh, anxiety from the coding uh, from our coders that, well, if we go to a, a single payer system or if we go to technology, what's that going to do for our profession? And even if we went to one payer system, you still need the data behind the codes to understand resource allocation. So this is going to be important no matter what payment methodology that we're in. I think that that's it's such a great point for our listeners and I'm I'm hoping that um, we have the folks that are not coders also paying attention right individuals like me who need to hear that stuff. Um, our listeners are well versed in the fact that I bow down to Kim because she's a coder and I am not. Um, but it's so critical to have both sides of that fence kind of working together. What other areas do you see where coding is really playing a role in revenue cycle management? I mean, outside of just the reporting facet. Well, reporting facet and efficiencies, being able to track, you know, we keep talking about quality of care, but honestly, we can only get to measure it by the codes that we are reporting from a disease perspective. So, I mean, I see coding as the core of how it all begins. Well, honestly, it's the physician documentation is where it all begins, but that's uh, coders have a hand in that. That's why you've seen the coding profession really evolve into other, other professions like CDI. If we didn't have the importance of data, I, I look at data as garbage in, garbage out. You can't really utilize it if you don't have accurate information. And that's where it's really expanded the job opportunities for people who might have gotten their start in coding. Um, you've seen the evolution of even AAPC over the years to go through and support other roles like auditors, compliance, practice managers, because coding might be the starting point for some, but they can evolve into so many other opportunities in their career. Having that core understanding of coding helps you from a data analytics perspective or being smart enough to realize what you can get from the data. Gosh, listen, you hit the nail on the head because that's that was my career trajectory. I mean, I, I've shared this before, um, but becoming a certified coder when I was a practice administrator, it wasn't so that I could, you know, review documentation and 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 do audits, but it was so that I could better understand the opportunities and the vulnerabilities that were within my organization. So it, it's really great to see AAPC provide those additional resources to the industry. Um, you know, thinking about that, I know that you have had a very um, wide career and I'd love, we'd love to hear from you um, about any lessons that you've learned throughout your career that you could share with others who are maybe just starting their careers, they're looking maybe at a crossroads. Um, what, what are your, what are some takeaways from your career that you could share with our audience? I guess it would be there's no small jobs. You know, this is something that we hear from individuals that are trying to enter this market with how do I get started? How do I get my foot in the door? And if I were to tell you that my first job in healthcare was a chart finder, where all I did was go find the chart so the nurse could make a call, doing minimum wage, and then you look at what I've been able to attain now, it was because I was willing to take that small job. 
And I was willing to do that small job to the best of my ability. Um, you know, this seems trivial, but man, there was a doctor that was the owner of the practice and he loved the way that I changed his garbage. He loved the way that I put the garbage bag in. I was the only one that could do it. For most people that's beneath them, they wouldn't want to do that. But the fact that he trusted only me with his garbage made me feel like I was the most important person in that building. And I think that it gave me opportunity where they're like, if she's taking joy out of changing the garbage, what else could we give this girl to do? So I just, there is no small job. Everything is going to help you build your knowledge to get you to the next level. That That's the best advice I can give. I absolutely adore that. And, you know, reflecting back on it, I know that I started similarly. I started as a temp in the referral department. So I was barely needed, really, um, because they already had full-time staff. They just needed a little bit of help. And my my job was to just throw myself fully into it, learn as much as I could and consume as much as I could. Kim, did you start out similarly? Oh, my gosh. I started out as a medical receptionist. And I remember my first day at the cardiologist's office, they gave me um, back in the day, we had those, you know, pads uh, that were carbon copy, and they gave me that. They gave me a pen. They gave me a phone. They were like, okay. Um, and you know, a lot of healthcare workers, we we get on the job training, and I think that's where many of us we look to these resources like AAPC and others um, to improve our skills to get certified, to have a network of people that we can reach out to, to share ideas or to get information. Um, I'm very regularly on the chat rooms, um, looking and seeing what folks are saying about certain codes, about certain situations that they're dealing with in their practices. Um, so being able to, yes, put in that work, roll up your sleeves, get in there, not be afraid to, you know, to, to make mistakes, learn from them. Um, I, I think that's great advice, right? That's great advice. Thanks. Yeah. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure. Taya and I really hope to have you back on again um, sometime soon. Yes, um, please. Yes, <laughs> we would love that. Definitely, um, we can make that happen. All right. Well, with that being said, until we meet again, Rev Divers, keep diving into those Rev Cycles.